Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. If you are new here, my name is Paris Brinkevich, and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness podcast, where we get into all things health-related. The primary focus of the podcast within the umbrella of health-related topics is mental health and mindset. I began Crooked Illness as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for starting Crooked Illness stems from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I decided to start Crooked Illness to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. I offer my perspective on the work I've done and how it inspired me to begin this podcast. Along with this perspective, I also speak about my personal experience with mental health and how I use those experiences to help educate, inspire, and motivate others. I really enjoy doing interviews and connecting with people who also love to discuss and learn more about mental health. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or to my email of crookedillness at gmail.com. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. As you can see from the title of today's episode, A Way to Overcome Crippling Anxiety, we are going to be talking about something that has been tried, tested, and successful at eliminating my guest anxiety. My guest who will be telling us about this today is Jesse Harless. Jesse received his master's degree in mental health counseling from Riviere University in New Hampshire. He is an advocate, trainer, author, and the founder of Entrepreneurs in Recovery. Entrepreneurs in Recovery consists of an in-person and online events and workshops that empower individuals and groups to unlock their highest potential. His events and workshops have been run throughout the U.S. with individuals, communities, workplaces, organizations, addiction treatment centers, and programs. So without further ado, welcome Jesse to the podcast. Hey, Paris. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. I'm excited to have you on today to tell us a little bit about what it is that you discovered and what you did to overcome your anxiety. So if you can, can you get into that? Sure. Um, you know, anxiety, specifically like social anxiety, social phobia has been with me since high school. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it's something that really, really had a, I had a hard time in high school. I, I actually didn't even go to the cafeteria my last two years of high school because of the social anxiety was so intense. So I ate alone. So, um, so it was something that was significant. It definitely led to future problems with addiction too. Um, but you know, what, some of the things I did right away, um, later on in life, after I found recovery from drugs and alcohol was like meditation was a big one. Meditation, even just five minutes every day in the morning was a way to, for me to kind of not just like not a woo woo type meditation. I mean, even just resting, um, just being with myself, my, you know, kind of connecting to myself, my inner knowing. Um, and then eventually, you know, having people on what I call my recovery team, AKA my support team mm -hmm. that I could talk to and give them the realness and tell them like, Hey, this is what's going on without them judging me. Um, so being very transparent with people. And then eventually it became, you know, cold showers became 
really the way to kind of knock it out of the park. So, you know, I was even on medication for anxiety for seven years. So like when I found these practices and then just really stacked the deck for the win, you know, stack the deck with mm-hmm. self-care habits and in a recovery team and, 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 and then really cold showers in 2015, it just became a way to knock out the anxiety almost completely. If I have anxiety today, it's like a normal energy thing. I just, when wow. I have anxiety today, I just go, oh, my energy's off right now. Yeah. Cause I know the biggest thing that you mentioned to me was throughout that entire thing. The fact that the cold shower thing was the thing that really helped you the most out of everything. Cause I know you said you've had medications, therapy, all the things that you've gone through and tried to help work on that part. It wasn't as successful. So I, I, I was amazed by that because I, you know, before we had that conversation where I talked to you and you told me that you did that and you did that, you did this experiment where you did cold showers for 30 days. And I thought that was really cool that you, you know, you just, you discovered that and it worked for you and it actually helped eliminate that. So can you kind of talk a little bit about like, where did that idea come from? Where did you get that idea to try that out and how, you know, talk a little bit about that 30 days. Like when you were in that, that 30 day challenge, like what, what were you thinking? What was going on? Yeah. So what happened was a friend of mine came over who's, you know, he's an intuitive friend. He came over one day in December. I live in New Hampshire. So it's, it's cold here in New Hampshire. It's probably a 35 mm-hmm. degree day and, you know, 40 degree day. And this person came over and said, Hey, you need to start taking cold showers. And I was like, why would I take so cold showers? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. I love hot showers. So, you know, he said, you should look into it. There's a lot of benefits. And at the time my roommate said, Hey, I'm just going to do it right now. And it was like five o'clock at night. And he just ran into a straight cold shower. And so I had decided to do a cold shower as well, straight cold, five minutes, all the way cold. And it was brutal for the, you know, it was just a brutal experience. But when I came out, what I noticed was, you know, I had heightened energy and all that, but I went to a meeting two hours later when I was there, one thing that wasn't present was my anxiety. Like I usually would face some, some type of like, some type of feeling of anxiety wasn't there. And I said, how is this? And so I was like, when I get home that night, I said, I'm doing a 30 day challenge. Like I'm going to do a 30 day challenge of cold showers to see if this is real. So right into Christmas, I kept doing them. New Year's, I kept doing them. What I noticed was my energy started to climb. My confidence started to climb. My anxiety continued to decrease. I started to take big risks out of my comfort zone at my workplace, which led to huge success. And so I was like, how, you know, so I just, the cold showers were a catalyst you know, for me to do the hard thing right away at the start of my day so that when I face hard things coming later in the day, they were easy. Wow. And I know, I know after you did that, you had people ask you, you know, like, what did you do? What, how did you, how did you overcome your anxiety? And then I know you, you mentioned to me that because of that, you know, so many people asking you what's going on, you ended up writing a book about it. So can you talk a little bit about that? You know, you writing the book, what the book's about. Talk a little bit about, about that process. Yeah. So the book was a result of two years later, I was at an event and this was like a mastermind event. And this person said to me, Hey, who are you? Tell me about yourself. And I was still working at a job at the time, nine to five job. And I, and I was like, Oh, I work here. And you know, and I was like, Oh, and I also take cold showers every day. And she was like, why do you do that? And so I was like, well, it really helped with my anxiety. It helped with so many things like to get out of my comfort zone, to 
you know, better skin, like all these different things. And she was like, wow, I'm really good. I'm so impressed. She's like, can you write a book about this? Cause I've never heard, you know, cause you can Google cold showers, you get a million different things. But she's like, I've never heard of this anxiety angle and stuff. And can you write a book? And so I, I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I gave myself a three month goal. I said, I'm going to get this book done. And um, that's what happened. I wrote the book. It didn't get published for a lot longer later, but you know, the bottom line is, is I wrote a book for that person. And then I really thought about when I was writing the book, because, you know, when you write a book, you want to think about who's going to be that main audience. And when I was writing it, I actually thought about one of my best friends, George, who's, you know, he was someone in recovery, but he was struggling at sometimes with his anxiety and his life. And I just thought about him as I wrote this book. And, you know, so that's how the book came about, Smash Your Comfort Zone with Cold Showers. Wow. Because see, okay. I know, and I also know that in, you know, with that as well, you also developed what you do now, entrepreneurs and recovery. So can you talk about how did that come about? Like, where did you get the idea for it? How did you start it? Just talk a little bit about that whole thing. Yeah. So uh, entrepreneurs recovery was the result of, you know, I worked for a company for 15 years. It was, it was such an amazing experience and I, I don't regret any of it. Um, but what happened was I started to surround myself with entrepreneurs. I read a book in 2015 called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Mm. And this book planted a huge seed. And then I met Hal a year later and I had a conversation with him. And this, it just, it just it planted these huge seeds that there was another way to live. There was another way to create. And, and that's as, um, as an entrepreneur. And I just became really fascinated by studying these friends that I had that were entrepreneurs, these new friends. And I ended up joining a mastermind that was way out of my comfort zone. I was still at the nine to five job and it was an entrepreneur. It was an, it was a mastermind for entrepreneurs. I didn't care. I just joined it. And I just said to myself, this was March of 2017. I said, I'm going to become an entrepreneur, be my own boss by August. And I set mm. the date, I wrote it down. I looked at it every day and that's what happened. I left wow. my job August 25th and I started Entrepreneurs Recovery. So Entrepreneurs Recovery came really out of a meditation. The name came out of a meditation, but Entrepreneurs Recovery, what it means is I'm from the world of addiction and mental health. I've mm -hmm. struggled with addiction and mental health my whole life. So, so was all my friends. So I ended up saying, how can I serve? I'm now 13 years into long-term recovery, 12 years into long-term recovery. <clears throat> how, can I, <clears throat> how can I serve at the highest level? For myself using my gifts of passion and intuition authenticity and i said it's going to be to help people to live their best best life to go from survival to thriving and i was just going to do it the way i found to be most mm. uh, most passionate about which is freedom which is living a self-directed life which is what the principles of entrepreneurship is so that's what i did i set out to do that and then what happened is i ended up taking a training two months after leaving my job and that just led me in another direction of facilitation Wow. And I see, okay, with the, with the entrepreneurs in recovery, I know you talked to me about the process of starting it, doing it. And I know that you said, can you talk about the transition? So the transition from, you know, the job that you were at and then ended up and leaving that job and then committing fully to entrepreneurs in recovery, what was that like? Or what did that, what did it feel like? And what was that whole process like? Well, there was a lot of naysayers, you know, when you go to live mm -hmm. big and you want to live your dreams, people are going to pull you back in the bucket, you know, because mm -hmm. they don't want you to go out and do that. They love you, but they don't want you to, they don't know how to talk to you. If you did such a big jump, they wouldn't know how to talk to you. So I had a lot of people even close to me that were like, why would you do that? You have built this career. You, you know, you just landed your dream job. Mm -hmm. Why would you leave all of it? 
And I said, you know, I basically would only share the real intimate stuff with really close people that would help to build my dream up. Mm. And so I really didn't share with a lot of people. And, and I just shared with people closest to me and they helped foster that belief. I said, here's my vision. I've mind mapped it or heart mapped it. Here it is. This is what I'm going to do. And when I told these people that they were like, oh, you're definitely going to do that. And you're definitely going to be successful. So I made sure that I told the people like a coach, like mm -hmm. someone on my recovery team, this dream, not just like random people, not even like your parents are going to support your dream sometimes. So you have to really go on the inside, make sure it's right for you. And then it's scary. Of course, I left the job, you know, I sold my house. I went all in, I bought a house in recovery. I sold it to, to live out this purpose. And, and, you know, yeah, on the other side, the first year was very difficult and um, there was no guarantees. And today, I'm, I'm on year three of, of being on my own and uh, I don't regret a second of it. And I've had a lot of ups and downs for sure, but mm. yeah. So it's kind of the, the biggest point or like the biggest takeaway is just who you're surrounding yourself with and who you're sharing that information with. Cause I know you mentioned the naysayer aspect and you know, like you can't always tell everybody, you know, like what you want to do, what your plans are, what your goals are, because you know, you're going to have people who are not going to fully be on board with that, right? They're not going to, you know, fully see it the way that you see it and think that it's going to be possible. So, you know, it's important, like you mentioned, to, to, to tell people things that, you know, like your coach, like people who are around you who can see that vision and see the passion you have for bringing that to life. And they're backing you on that. You know, they're telling you like, you can make it happen. You can do it. This is going to work. And I feel like, you know, out of everybody that I talk to, that's like the common, one of the common things I hear is, you know, when, when we're, t when you're talking about something that seems like, you know, it's, it's hard, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of, you know, time, energy, money, whatever it's, you know, not everybody can take that and really, you know, see it as a possibility. So I think that's a huge thing that you just, you mentioned right there is making sure like focusing on the people in your life who, you know, are gonna back you and be there and support you and, you know, help you through, you know, the hard times that you mentioned, you know, obviously like the first year that you said, you know, you sold your house, you left your job, you went all in, you did it. And there were ups, there were downs. And through those, through those moments, you know, you have a team, right. Of, of people who are there and helping and supportive. And, you know, if you could, um, just talk a little bit, um, more about, um, I'd like to hear more about the, you know, kind of like some advice that you'd have for someone who, you know, they want to overcome their anxiety, but they're struggling with conquering that and they're struggling with what to do. What, what would you tell that person or like, what, what, what would the conversation look like with that person? Yeah. I mean, anxiety can be very crippling and it can be very, um, you know, it can be very also, um, it can make you feel full of shame. So a lot of times, a lot of times mental health issues or even just anxiety and different things and depression can make you feel less than, and you don't know why you have it. So you don't want to share about, you don't want to share, you want to put on the mask. So, you know, it's really peeling away the layers of the onion for someone to be like, if they're coming out and telling me they have anxiety, that's great. But a lot of people don't call it anxiety. Mm. They call it all these different reasons. So to get to the core of like, hey, this is just an anxiety. Maybe it started in childhood. Maybe it's related to a trauma. You know, there, it's, there's something there. So getting to the root cause. And if they were to just to say to me, hey, I have really bad social anxiety, I would say, okay, great. Well, here's, 
I can relate. And here's what I would, I would recommend is, is start journaling your journey. Start journaling every day. Take five minutes every day and journal. So you can start with journaling at night. And I want you just to do an experiment on yourself and start to journal the times when you have anxiety and what you did. And there's going to be times where you're going to let yourself down. Like I didn't do anything. I just was in a total panic. So I would say start to journal that journey. And then I would actually start to recommend to change small habits. Like you don't have to come out and take a five minute cold shower, mm. but what if you just started to, you know, get into the shower and then turn it cold at the end and just get yourself psyched up a little bit, get some energy. And eventually you can work your way into a longer shower, a cold shower. And if someone's like, no way, or I don't mm -hmm. have hot, sh uh, cold showers where I live, then it's like, all right, well, how about you practice some rest? not meditation, rest. So in other words, take five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day to just lay down or to just lay in the grass without your shoes on. You know, just, just rest, just find time to rest. Everyone has five minutes. So just mm -hmm. find time to rest. And if you want to start to meditate as well, then go ahead and do that as well. But, you know, start to do these mini habits and these will start to conquer that anxiety slowly but surely. And if someone's like, man, I am a mess. And I'd be like, all right, well, let's practice EFT, you know? emotional freedom technique, you know, try the tapping. Cause that a lot of times people feel anxiety. It's not mm -hmm. just anxiety in the mind. It's they feel it physically. They feel it in their face. They feel it in their body. So when you do tapping, you're able to, you're able to connect with yourself, your body, you know, cause we're mm -hmm. not the body. We, we ended up, a lot of us identify ourselves as the body and we're not mm -hmm. the body. So enable, uh, this is kind of a way to, you know, the tapping is just another physical way, but there, you know, so I would just kind of, I'm an intuitive person. So if I'm with you and you're telling me something, I'm mm -hmm. intuiting what I will say to someone mm -hmm. um, based on what they're, what I'm picking up and sensing. Yeah. No, that's, I feel like I relate to that hundred percent because I'm the same way myself. And I feel like what you just said with, I think with starting small is kind of like what you, what the biggest thing is that you kind of, I took away from that is starting small, like with the journaling, doing that. And then kind of, you know, not trying to dive right in and like tackle like, you know, so many things. Cause it feels like a lot, you know, it feels like a lot. So I like, I like how you mentioned to start with that journal, journal those moments when you're feeling anxiety when you're feeling a certain way and noticing you know the times of the days when things are happening and then you know even like you mentioned too is you know when you get into the shower you don't have to do the full five minute cold shower you could start slow you could do it you know cold shower at the end for like try it at the end try it at the beginning um just kind of try to figure out you know really what's going on with you and i like how you said at the beginning that not everybody says it's anxiety they say, you know, different things or they get, you know, they give it different labels or, you know, when they're talking about anxiety, they're, they don't really want to, you know, say anxiety or bring the word into the conversation. Cause it seems like a, like a, a shameful thing, like you mentioned. And so many people do carry that. So I think it's very important to, to be aware of that and kind of, you know, do what you're doing is where you're educating people that that's totally fine. You know, that's normal. It's fine to feel that, to have those feelings, to express that. And, you know, I'm just, I'm happy that you, you mentioned, mentioned that because I feel like, you know, when people are stuck or they don't know what to do and they feel like they want to ask for help, they want to ask for advice. And even that, like even doing that in itself, can be overwhelming sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, to even like make that first step to ask someone, Hey, you know, like I'm struggling with this or I'm dealing with this. Like, what do you think I should do? And, you know, and I think that's, 
that's great that you laid it out the way you did because I, I feel like it's so true is so many people, you know, I feel like it's, I feel like it's weird. Like, I feel like more people are getting comfortable with aspects of mental health now a little bit more, but it's still taboo. Like it's still, there still is a level of shame that people carry with that. So for sure, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it really is. Especially right now too, with like COVID-19 happening Mm. and like facing the worst mental health crisis of our time coming up and having all the things that are happening in the world of addiction. It's just, you know, it's a really tough time for people and people who are sensitive, you know, the empaths, the highly sensitive people, it's Mm -hmm. a really hard time because you're picking up on the collective fear that's happening. So much fear mongering and so much happening that it's just, it's almost obvious now that people have anxiety. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I say to those people is it's okay. Like, it's okay. Even if you want to call it energy, it's like, oh, it's my energy's off. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Whatever label helps. But, you know, just recognize that it's okay. We, we all are feeling this collective fear, especially if you're like very sensitive, highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. And so that's okay to feel that, but like, make sure you have the self-care strategies in place or you're going to get, you're going to be in a really bad spot because you might pick up other you might pick up eating, you might pick up other habits like overeating or, um, you know, making bad decisions with, you know, technology addiction and all these things that, that are really can just steamroll and, and cause more issues down the road. So like, you know, so just to say that it's normal right now to have a lot of anxiety and literally it's okay if that's what's happening. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree a hundred percent. And I really love that you mentioned that that's okay to to, to put that out there, just that it's okay, you know, to have those feelings, to be dealing with that. Cause everybody at some point, you know, some point in their life, some point in time is going to have moments where they feel like that. And, and I think it's great to put, to put it out there that way to, to let people know that, you know, if you are experiencing that and you are feeling that and, you know, just being aware of that. Right. So, cause like you mentioned, you're, if you are in that kind of a space, you can pick up these other habits, right? Like you mentioned overeating or, you know, issues with technology issues with like spending or whatever it may be, you know, because you're having those feelings and you do these different things to, you know, try to help with it, try to cope, try to deal with it, try to make it, uh, better in some way. So, I mean, can you, can you talk a little bit about that? I thought I like, I like, I like how you brought that up the point of, you know, being, being careful with the energy that's out there and, you know, not trying to attract that kind of stuff. So you are doing those different things. So can you talk a little bit about that and what that looks like? Yeah. Like for me, I'm a, I would, I would, I'm what you would call an empath when mm-hmm. you believe that exists or not. That's what I am. So, so I'm, I'm, I, when I walk into a room, I feel the energy of the room when I walk into any place. So I need, so I'm someone who needs to spend time alone, mm. you know, so I need, I need the time alone to recharge my batteries, but I also need to make sure before I leave the house and leave the go into the day that I'm doing a grounding meditation because I need to be grounded into myself because out there in the world is crazy. You got media and news and all these people with the mask and all this stuff happening. Yeah. You know, the bottom, that, that, that's craziness. So I need to be grounded in myself. So I like to do a grounding meditation. So I'll get, I'll get grounded into myself and do a grounded meditation before I leave Every, without exception. I never leave the house without doing a grounded meditation, mm. but I do it in the morning. So I can kind of start my day, but if it's mid noon, if it's, if it's a noon time, I still will do it. So like 
finding strategies to protect your energy is a lot of energy vampires. So you have to be really careful to guard your energy. And some of the best ways to do that is just, you know, do a grounding meditation, have like a shielding energy bubble. And people say, oh, that's craziness. Well, guess what? It's crazy not to do it because mm -hmm. look at the way the world is, is crazy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, doing things that if you call me crazy doing that, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> it's helping me and I'm thriving when I do it. So that's great that, you know, so if you have these practices, grounding practices, a meditation, you know, some people use uh, aromatherapy, some people use crystals, some people use prayer and they put prayer into the meditation of the grounding, mm -hmm. like whatever works for you. And I just, I like to be like a scientist of my life, right? Earth is a school. So I look and I go, what can I try? Because why? I have suffered tremendous anxiety and addiction, all these things. Like, I don't ever want to go back to that. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that that doesn't happen by doing daily habits. It's not easy for people to do something every day. But when you realize that like brushing your teeth, washing your face, doing these things every day, you would do that, that every day. Well, this becomes one of those habits. Oh, I would drink water and eat today. I'm also going to do my grounding meditation. It becomes mm. part of the normal self-care routine, like brushing your teeth. Yeah. So, so really making that a part of your daily routine. Can you talk a little bit about what does that grounding meditation look like? Cause I know for me, like I'm not very, I'm not too familiar with meditation and that's something I actually want to learn about and to try myself. I was actually talking to someone about that today. So can you talk to me about like, what does it look like? What is the process? I know you mentioned you do it in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon. So what is that like? So I've learned, um, two meditations that really help. There's um, a heart mass meditation. It's called the heart lock-in. Mm -hmm. And the heart lock-in is a way to get grounded. You get grounded in yourself. You get grounded into the resilience that you have with the heart. Um, so the heart lock-in is a, is, a nice, is a nice way to ground yourself. Um, you, know, you can learn more about that through the heart math organization, um, the heart lock-in. Um, and then there's another meditation I learned from my spiritual mentor, uh, Jedi Lane, and she taught me a way to do grounding. It's, it's literally called um, centering. So I mm. center into the earth. So I center in to Mother Earth. And when I first was introduced to it a couple of years ago, it was kind of my brain wanted to reject it. It was like, no, mm. no, no. So the ego doesn't like that. But mm. my, my heart in my head was like, yeah, this is great. And so, um, so you know, grounding in you know, to yourself. And um, I mean, I'm happy to give you an example, but yeah. I don't know if time. So it's, <laughs> heart, heart lock-in is a really helpful one. That's heart math. You can actually learn all about that. Yeah. No I'm going to Google search. And then another one is just centering a practice that I learned from my spiritual mentor. Well, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to look into that because as soon as you mentioned that, that's, that's something that I've been talking about, you know, just today with somebody is learning about that and trying that and practicing that and doing that because I've heard nothing but good things, nothing but good things from people who meditate and who practice and who do it each day. I've heard nothing but positive things, but you know, I really wanted just to say thank you to you for coming on and, you know, having this conversation because it's such an important conversation to be, you know, to share the thing that things that you shared about anxiety and about doing the cold shower thing and how that helped you overcome your anxiety and really, you know, I know that you mentioned, you know, having the energy and good skin and all that stuff, but really helping you feel good and feel confident. And when you mentioned to me that, you know, you walked into that meeting, you know, the first time you did it, you said your friend got into the shower and then you, you thought it was crazy, but you did it, you did it. And then you went into that meeting and you felt 
good. You didn't feel, you didn't notice the anxiety. And I think that's something that is, is great to be aware of and to know about. And, and that's why I think it's awesome. You wrote that book you did and you know, you guys need to check it out. It is called smash your comfort zone with cold showers by Jesse Harless. So check it out. He's doing great things with entrepreneurs and recovery with your book, with the cold showers, all of that stuff is awesome. And, you know, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your tips, sharing your advice, and really sharing your story of how you got into doing all the work that you're doing. So yeah. yeah it's been a pleasure. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. I hope to connect with you again soon, maybe do another episode in the future, but I hope you have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Thanks, you too. All right, bye. Bye. All right, guys, that is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed creating it. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to talk about becoming a guest or to share your thoughts on this episode with me, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email to crookedillness at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at crookedillness, or you can message me on my Facebook page at crookedillness as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to Crooked Illness.